Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Quiet, numbskulls. I'm broadcasting. Quiet, numbskulls. I'm broadcasting. Hello. Hello. Two oh two 
is tonight. I know you're excited about that, Pops. Oh man, as excited as I can be. This is going to be one of those uh, one of those fights where the the fight lives up to the hype. Uh, McGregor and Diaz really, really dislike each other, and um, oh the, yeah, the, 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 their styles are so contrasting. Uh, McGregor's a bit of a technician. Uh, Diaz just throws blows, and they are going to go at it, man. And, and I, man, if this thing goes two rounds, I will be Done. It's gonna be. It's gonna be. Yeah, I, I agree. The, I mean, uh, I've been watching the pressers because I, I watched the first fight uh, in its entirety, and uh, and, and I, I, I kind of liked it as far as uh, how Dana White is playing. You know what actually happened because uh, Conor McGregor, you know, he's a light heavyweight champion. Excuse me. And everybody he fights, or everybody who he hits, but gets knocked out because of his punching power at that weight. But he moved up two divisions to fight Nate Diaz. And when he's really supposed to fight uh, Dos Santos, um, but uh, Dos Santos got hurt. So Diaz was a, a late addition 11 days before the fight. Now, Diaz said it, man. He was like, I mean, I remember this before the first fight. He was like, look, because they got a lot of bad blood. They don't like each other. They got a long history with each other. Yeah, man, uh, Nate Diaz, too, as well. Uh, Nate's brother. Uh he said it before the fight, man. Uh, I, I remember Nate Diaz saying this. He said, he, and he said to Connor while Connor was bringing chicken, of course. But he told Connor, he was like, "Look, man, you about to fight a regular sized human being now. I mean, a hundred thirty five pound man is a small man. You know, like me, I weigh hundred and seventy like like an average person. You know what I mean? Most people weigh hundred and seventy pounds, or you know, a little more, a little less. But that's the average person, six feet, six one, hundred and seventy pounds." Now, going back to the first fight, you know, Connor was landing, blood, punch. I'm talking about straight to the dog. I mean, straight to the nose, face, eyes, step, Nate, really bloody. But, Pops, I was seeing that fight, man. Nate ate all those punches, man. He ate them. I'm talking about like a cupcake. He was bleeding profusely, but he was still standing. I mean, and it kind of wore Connor out. I mean, Connor couldn't be the technician that he was. He tried to knock him out because he had so much animosity toward him. But as he finally realized during the fight that this dude ain't going nowhere, man. So all uh, his uh, his package basically went out the window. I mean, and then, you know, it kind of did. Yeah, it, it kind of did. Uh, it, it, you're absolutely right. And uh, the fact that, that um, McGregor couldn't really move the eyes, he kept hitting him, but he was piling up points. But the the – the issue for McGregor was how long was he going to be able to stay in that fight with Diaz. One of the things that Diaz does really, really well is go to the body, and he will make mm-hmm. uh, McGregor really suffer for um, for coming in close to him. He make Nate Diaz is also six one, so he has that big reach advantage. Um, I, I kind of like Nate Diaz in this fight because of his I don't give a crap attitude. And, um, I love it. Uh, I love Conor, that. Yeah. I love you know it. What I'm saying? Conor McGregor is uh, not as big as he thinks he is. You know, he has a really, really high opinion of himself, and he's kind of earned it. But you know, he doesn't display it well. So, you know, between him going after everybody in the UFC, now he's going after people in the WWE, and they don't really care about him. Um, uh, McGregor. Relishes the the role of the bad guy, and has made him a lot of money. 
But I think tonight again, I honestly, I honestly believe that Nate Diaz is going to crack him again. And then who have nothing else I to do say? Too. I definitely do too. It's, it's definitely a turning point for Conor McGregor tonight. But uh, uh, one thing about UFC is like, uh, you know, a lot of boxing, it, it can be, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? It can be a lot of stage stuff, a lot of fake stuff. You know, fights can be, uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? I don't want to be too strong with it. I don't want to be too weak with it. Fights Manipulated? Yeah, manipulated. That's the word I'm looking for. Bob. Thank you, man. You always come with good words. Fight can be definitely manipulated. Uh, if you don't let uh, Sugar Shane Bosley or Miguel Cotto or, you know, any of the top fighters clinch, you know, and, and if you keep breaking them up, you know, have to make it a box, you know, it, it's to their advantage. But if you could clinch Cotto or Mayweather or Pacquiao and, and they, you know, they let you mix it up a little bit, they don't break it up right as a, right away. I mean, that can manipulate the fight. That takes a, that that zaps your energy. I mean, when you clench in the hole with it and they you know fight on the inside and you know you can hit it with a little dirty punch here and there, uh, it, it takes away from it. Now, if you got a referee that doesn't let you clench at all, makes you straight box it out like the science. I mean, it it may was his favor. I mean, or it's in Pacquiao's favor if you got to slug it out with him instead of you getting close clenching him or any other way that they can manipulate the fight. UFC. It's totally different. I mean, it's man a man, mano a mano. Only time they will break up the fight is if you are on top of somebody. If you got, correct me if I'm wrong, if you're on top of somebody or he's on top of you and you guys don't have any movement, both you guys are clenched like they hit each other, neither one you moving, but they'll let you get back up. Or, or it's a certain time limit you can be on the ground on top of a person before they call the fight unless you beat the person head in. Um, right, well, what the UFC does is that it, it, you have to have constant action. If there's no action, then they'll break you up, put you on your feet, and let you go at it again. That's the word I was looking for, constant action. You know, sometimes uh, UFC, uh, they, they're very good at making the action constant. I mean, so where you don't have, where, where there's no clinching, there's no uh, competitive advantage when you're uh, in the fight. So uh, I definitely agree with that, and I think that's, but that's going to be the key for Nate tonight. I mean, I don't think there'll be any restrictions for him. I think he can take all the kind of punches like he did the first time because Pop, I was in that fight. He took the thing from the get thing. I mean, kind of threw everything he had hard as he could. And, and it didn't affect Nate. I mean, it, it bloodied him, but it didn't affect him as a fighter, man. And I think that's going to be the key thing tonight. Well, one of the things that I think that Conor McGregor is going to have to do is he's going to have to throw more kicks uh, because his punches aren't going to be able to affect Nick Diaz as much as his kicks might. Now, whether he's been working on that a lot, we don't know. That's my thing. It's kind of a kicker, though, man. He's more of a puncher. He's more of a brawler. He's more of a uh, in-your-face guy, man. You know, he likes to jump on top of it. I've never really seen him use his kicks effectively. I mean, I'm not a big kind of fan. I want to fight. You know, and I watched the Diaz fight, and I watched a bunch of his highlights. And all the highlights beat people to death, man, knocking them out with one plus punch. So he, he's a big, powerful puncher, man. He, got, he has a lot of power in his punch, but I haven't really seen him kick yet, man. Well, well yeah, that's the thing about Nate Diaz, because he's a tall welterweight at six at 6'1". Six 
Uh, so he he's able to keep his uh, opponent at the end of that jab and then throw combinations. Um, I don't you don't see Nick Diaz throw many kicks, but when he does, he throws them to the body. He doesn't try for a head kick. He always throws to the legs and to the body. And that that kick to the body, that that little roundhouse kick to to either side, either the stomach side or the liver side, will uh, certainly uh, make a person think twice about getting too much closer to it. Yeah. Uh, I, what I'm really interested to see, man, because I'm pretty sure everybody watched all the presses, all the water bottles being thrown, all the real bad blood. A lot of people think that stuff is saved. I don't. I don't. I, I really think they don't like each other at all, and they really want to hurt each other really. And, uh, now, this is my thing when it comes to that. Uh, Nate, uh, when I watched the first fight, man, has a nice two-punch combo. His, his, his two feet in a biscuit is very effective, and he throws it straight. He doesn't have, like, a hook in there. Like, like you know, like, like a lot of MMA fighters. You know, most boxers, you know, the dab is sweet art. Science is the main tool, right? Right. To the point where it's a whole... To the point where it's a whole category within itself. I mean, within the copy box, you know, jab and everything else is a power punch, right? But right. Jab, you know, the most, you know, it's a it's a whole category. When 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 you see most UFC fighters, man, their jabs are more looping than anything. I mean, it's kind of like a, it's not a, 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 what's the word I'm looking for? It's not a sterilizing punch. It's not a a, a, a momentum punch. It's something that they try to hurt you with in boxing. It's a science with it. It's something that'll keep you at bay while I set you up for my big punch. I mean, exactly. It's, it's like boxing. that. I was saying in boxing, the, the, the jab is a tool. The jab is something that you use to get to your other punches. Exactly. Exactly. I, I don't think it's the same rules like that for MMA. MMA, I think, I mean, it's probably the same, but you know, you use the jab to set up, of course, but I think the jab is more for punishment. Throw a jab. I mean, you gotta open it. That's a shot that you can hit to get into fight. Oh, definitely. Because in, especially in MMA, you can use the jab to set up your uh, hook with your opposite hand. If you're right, if you're left-handed, you're gonna use the right jab to set up the left hook. Or, or but the other thing about the jab is that you can throw the jab and then step back and throw the kick. And if you keep that person on the end of the jab. Uh, your kicks get more effective. And also, if you're a wrestler and you can keep somebody at the end of the jab, that puts them moving backwards so that you can uh, uh, shoot for the legs for the takedowns. Absolutely. And that's another thing that uh, that the jab sets up in MMA, man. You can, when you can jab somebody with, with a left and a low kick with your right, that, that's something so different you got to prepare for. And, uh, it, it's definitely a... a a warrior sport, man. You have to be a complete fighter. And you know, box hands, you know, hands and head moving. I mean, and uh, with gloves on. You, know, you got gloves when you are made, but you know, you can grab two at the same time. They grab by the straight gloves. No, you can you, you, do as much. I would, I would take gloves, but um, the yeah. um, and fight, don't don't look for too many takedown attempts. You know, these these guys are gonna be throwing hands. Yeah, all definitely. Oh, most definitely. They definitely gonna be throwing straight hands tonight. But uh, this is another fight, man, that's coming on tonight, man. I didn't even realize it, man. I seen the card yesterday. Um, 
the number one contender in the in the light heavyweight and the number two contender in the light heavyweight are fighting each other. Uh, number one contender, uh, Anthony Johnson, uh, who's beating everybody but uh, Barnes Jones. Uh, nobody's beating Barnes Jones yet, but we'll get to that later. And uh, the number two contender, uh, Glover Teixeira, uh, who a lot of people think is a, a big-time contender, man, for that belt, you know, besides Bones Jones and Cormier. Uh, a lot of people think uh, Teixeira can take down uh, Cormier as well. But, but it's a big, big fight in that division tonight, man, that people are not talking about because, you know, of course, it's D.S. McGregor. But uh, what do you think about that fight tonight, man? I, I think it's going to be something that shapes that division, man, when that winner comes around, man, because that winner is going to either have to see uh, uh, Cormier or, uh, or Bones Jones when he comes back. Uh, what do you think about this fight tonight? Uh, I'll tell you what. And Anthony Johnson. Anthony Rumble Johnson has, like, massive, big-time punches. Uh, he is a powerful, powerful dude. And uh, Glover Teixeira is a little bit more of a technician. Uh, if if, uh, if Johnson gets a hold of him, and Johnson is very, very good with his hands uh, in all aspects yeah. of uh, – yeah, and he's not a bad kicker. He, he throws some head kicks. His, but Johnson's the biggest, I think, asset in this fight is his takedown defense. He is a really, really difficult guy to take down. And Glover Teixeira is going to have to find a way to get him to the takedown in order to, to neutralize his punching power. Um, I, I, I see this one again, two, maybe three rounds. But uh, Anthony Johnson is the guy, man. He he will put you to sleep in a heartbeat. Agreed, man. Agreed. I uh, and I uh, I like Anthony Johnson, man. Uh, to share, um, a lot of people don't realize this, man. But I I, I personally think he gave Bones Jones his toughest fight. Uh, because of his uh technical ability. Uh, like I said, I'm not the biggest MMA uh uh. Well, what do you call a follower? But you know, I mean, I, I, I've grown into the sport more and more as, as you know, as, as the weeks go and as the hype goes, right? But uh, uh, I watched the, the I watched the Teixeira fight against Bone Jones in its entirety, you know, because I wanted to do my, my homework on this man. I watched it, I watched it on YouTube, and uh, he was getting at Jones, man. He, he had a lot of different moves, man. A lot of zip out moves, man. He he dodged the uh, the back elbow pretty good. Uh, but uh, Ball Jones was just too long for him, and his arms and his length and, and his leg length, man, was, was just too much for him to to move from. He, he couldn't dodge it the whole time. I think that was what happened with Cormier too, man. Cormier couldn't get away from that length. Man. I mean, and, exactly. and he couldn't take it back at the same time. I think that's what makes Ball Jones like greatest fighter, man, because he can hit you from such a long distance, man. man. But it takes you so much to get to him. And, and when you do try to get to him, man, you're going to walk right into that dang old elbow. So Absolutely. <laughs> and he throws his elbows from the front, and then he throws them to the back, too. Yeah, and if you, if you get caught by one, I mean, it's night, night. I mean, it's night, night, literally. I mean, if he hits you with that elbow, man, I mean, it's harder than a punch, I mean, for, for most uh, for most, uh, for most fighters, man. That's what makes him so oh, impressive. Yeah, absolutely. That's why people think he's, that's why most people think he's the best fighter in the world, I mean, because he has so many ways to end you, you know what I mean? You know, most of these other fighters, you know, they, they want to mention on you know, you, you get him a takedown, you know, or uh, hit him with, you know, with your hard punch and your right jab or whatever, or you wear him down in a fight like, like a Cormier does, you know what I mean, because he's like a bulldog. But, uh, 
like I say, Bones Jones, man, he had his, you know, both elbows. He used both of them. That's their right, front and back. And he has the link. And uh, I think uh, Derek, though, the best person to fight him, man. He, he got Adam the best. Anthony Johnson, man, it, it, it wasn't a close fight at all, man. He got down my phone for the most part. But uh, oh, yeah. I think the fight tonight is going to be definitely interesting, man. It's going to be something that, uh, MM, that, I mean, the MMA is already big. I think tonight is going to another level. Oh, I, I don't, I don't doubt that for a moment. This is a huge car, and um, everything building up to the main event is uh, is going to be special. But that fight between Johnson and, and Teixeira, that's a that would be a main event on any other card. Uh, this fight, yes, it would. This car, though, um, wow, I, I am so looking forward to to the outcome of this one. Um, it's, it's going to be tremendous. It is going to be tremendous. It is going to be something that people are going to be talking about. You know, and sometimes even after a fight, there's a 24-hour news cycle. People are going to be talking about this fight all week. Oh, yeah. No doubt about it. I definitely think they will, man. I also think they're definitely talking about uh, the, I mean, the Diaz fight, the Diaz-McGregor fight is definitely going to be uh, captivating for the most part. But I think a lot of people want to see the post-fight interviews, you know, the post-fight uh, uh, barrage that they're going to give each other. want to see what, what the other one going to say to each other when one wins or one. Look, feel like this. I definitely want to see what Conor McGregor is going to say to Nate Diaz if he wins the fight. And I really want to see what Nate Diaz is going to say to Conor McGregor if he wins. You know, it, that's almost more anticipating than the fight. I mean, because... Of the the banter that they have going back and forth with each other, man, that that really seems to be very serious. Man. I really don't think they like each other, and that's something I'm looking forward to as a fan, man. And that's what MMA has brought too. I mean, boxing is the same for uh, a certain uh, uh, degree. If you look at a boxing press conference or a boxing weight, they go face to face. I mean, besides the the Lennox Lewis Tyson thing, I mean that's that's that was the biggest one, right? All MMA. Uh, press conferences are uh, like theory B. Like some MMA fighters have like mutual respect for one another, so you know it might not be a lot of fun. But if these guys like don't like each other or have a problem with each other or think this and that one of one another, it's going down. I mean, and, and they letting they, they let it be known at those press conferences, and I think that's what's taking UFC to another level as well, man. The drama. I mean, everybody loves drama. Everybody loves soap opera. I mean. Uh, we all got our soap opera. Everybody watches the drama. On and I, I'm gonna give you an example. Uh, uh, soap operas for uh, middle-aged uh, uh, women from 38 to 54 watch. You know, soap operas, right? Soap operas, Real Housewives, all that type of stuff, right? Right. Uh, me, me, and our age, same age. We do the same. We watch, we watch the same soap operas. Those on TV like uh, Ballers. I don't know if you've ever seen that show. But, uh, oh, or, no uh, Ballers. That's great stuff Thrones. right there. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah. You know, come on. It's, it's a soap opera. Game of Thrones. So, anything, you know, that's involved. Uh, drama. Before the fight. You know what I mean? So, we all like, um, everybody likes soap opera. Everybody likes the, the before the fight. And uh, I think MMA has captured that in such a way, man, that it's taking over the, the sport as far as uh, combat sports. Um, 
I mean, you could literally argue, man, that MMA is bigger than boxing right now. They just sold for $4 billion. $4 billion. Hey, the one of the first laws of economics is that anything is worth what anyone is willing to pay for it. So yeah, right. Uh, uh, the uh, w, I mean, uh, USC is definitely worth four billion dollars. But think about this. Um, one of the other aspects, MMA has taken over in a lot of ways what professional wrestling used to do for guys. You see, you see what I'm saying? Professional wrestling yeah. used to be this guy doesn't like that guy. You got a good guy, you got a bad guy, and these guys are going to slug it out. Now, the outcome is scripted. The acting is really, really pretty real in a lot of instances. You see, I mean, if, if you uh, go on YouTube, if you ever get a chance, go on YouTube, and they have a series of things called Moves that make you go holy blank. If you have uh, okay. No, dude, I'm serious. There's about 54 of them. And if you go on there and you see some of those, man, you wonder what goes through these guys' mind when they set these things up. But it's massively entertaining for men. And then a lot of women like wrestling, Absolutely. too. But uh, the UFC has captured our, our imagination in a way because you got to – boxing is one thing. You're throwing hands, you're throwing hands. The kicking and the takedowns and the submissions, especially the submissions, um, those things have have pulled in an audience that boxing couldn't get. And not only that, boxing really, really hurt itself by when you have these multiple uh, confederations that are that control who fights who. A lot of times, you don't get the number one contender fighting the champion. You get the champion fighting a bunch of jabronis, um, Floyd Mayweather, and um, you never get to see the, the fights that everybody wants to see. But in USC, the champion doesn't get a break. The champion fights the number one contender, and then his next fight is the next number one contender. You see what I'm saying? So that's why people like USC so much, is that... Everybody gets a chance to fight to be the number one contender, and they fight the champion. The champion doesn't fight any bum. The champion doesn't get that, that uh, bum of the month club like a lot of uh, boxers got. The champion fights the number one contender every time he gets in the octagon. And that's what people like about yeah. the UFC. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Hey, we got to go to break real quick, man. We'll come back. We're going to talk about the best. We're gonna talk about NFL football, basketball, pop football. Guys, gonna break out this year, man. We definitely gonna hear that from the big NLA. and any other things we gotta talk about. I'ma definitely start seeing people come back. And uh, if you wanna give us a call, give us a call in the studio if you wanna throw your whistle. Six four six seven eight seven eight forty one eight four zero. If you official, blow your whistle. Right back.
Welcome back. You are back with the Sports Officials, sportsofficials.com. We got a special guest we're about to bring into the show with you today, man. We got that boy T. Nick, the host with the most. T. Nick, what's going on, baby boy? What's happening with you, baby? Hey man, I can't be I can't be out the uh, TSO studios for two minutes without you putting that Drake on, huh? Back, back. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that's for you, Bob. Hey, that's for you, Nick. Hey, look, hey, I was saying, baby, that's for y'all. I'm gonna tell you the funny part, man. <laughs> As soon as as soon as they connect me out here, back to back, I was oh, look at him. <laughs> yeah, baby. Hey, hey, my man Drake is oh, battle king right now. <laughs> hey, man, I ain't mad at you. I ain't mad at you. You got control, buddy. I ain't, hey, hey. Controller, controller. Oh, <laughs> hey, oh, Neil, my what's up with it, nigga? Hey, Neil, I don't know if you saw the the video that I sent. I think I, I know Todd saw it. Oh, um, yes, sir. The Eminem video? Was that sick oh, or yes, what? Oh, yes, sir. Oh, and, my God. And that, and that. I, I was going to play it next. I was going to play it next. <laughs> Man. <laughs> that, that boy did that. That boy did that acapella. I was talking about drinking. Uh, it looked like he was drinking one of the big intellect drinks. You know, one of the intellect drinks. Crunk juice. Crunk juice. <laughs> yeah. that's, what, that's what I'm talking about. Man, he was drinking. He drunk it one time and did the yo ah, and then came out with something fancy. I was like, man, this is, this is retarded, man. That was the most retarded stuff I ever yeah. seen. But I, but, but you know, 
you know, your boy, your boy squashed that real quick. He bought him out on stage when he was up in Detroit, bowed down to him, called him the greatest rapper ever. So he don't want no part of that, Neil. He won't. He won't no part. Yeah, of I, I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't think he want no part of the beef part, you know, because of the, because of uh, who backs Eminem. I mean, we gonna get into all the political stuff. Nah, it ain't who backs you know, him. It's that lyric. It's that lyrical tone. Oh, he's not want. scared of him lyrically, man. I, I don't. I don't. Oh no. I saw that video and I'm scared of the lyrics. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Man, I ain't scared of the lyrics. I'll battle Eminem one on one. Oh, I'm sure you will. Hey, I'm going to end of the show. Hey, end of the show preview. I'm going to do a photo drape, man. I'm going to freestyle, man. All on Eminem. I'm just. I'm just. Go have the record companies battling over you again, huh? Record companies fighting over you again. Arista, Sony, Virgin Records, calling my house, man. Universal, man. Y'all better leave me alone. I gotta go away. <laughs> okay, man. I want to talk about. Uh, I want to talk about uh, Terrell Pryor, man. I blow it, man. Blow it. Is, 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 is Terrell Pryor not looking like a hell of a receiver out there? I mean, I, I mean, mean he's, looking, he's definitely looking the part. He's looking the part. I mean, but my thing. This is my it, thing with, with, with Terrell Pryor. Oh. Uh, can he run the route tree to be an effective every down receiver, or is he just a one trick pony? What, what is he? I think I think he's a one trick pony right now, you know. But he do that trick well, you know. And as and as beat his man deep, that's what he do. You know, there's been plenty of one trick ponies that got that had a long career. Mike Wallace come to mind. He's the first one to come to mind. You know, can't run nothing but just fly routes. You know, and, and with that speed and that frame, you know, and that agility, man, I don't I don't see why he can't be a one trick pony. You know. I think that, that Terrell Pryor has been going through this position change for the last, what, two seasons now? Um, yep. Mm-hmm. I, I think that uh, on that particular play where he beat the Falcons deep, and I think he went deep on, on the Packers as well. Sometimes it's just a matter of, of learning to, to perfect those routes, and I think he'll do it. Um, but at the same time, if if I'm trying to guard Terrell Pryor, you have to get deep on him because if he gets next to you, he's going to go by you. And he's tall. He's got the big strides. He's got the big hands. Uh, and some and just like you said, and he has four forward. three speed. Hey. And right. he has a four three guy speed. with that size. I mean that that right. is a tremendous athlete. But this is my thing about right. Terrell Pryor. Terrell Pryor has been a quarterback been his whole life. Right. So, even when he was with Oakland Raiders, man, he was an effective quarterback, man. Until you know right. his, his, his drop, but he was putting pretty decent numbers as a quarterback in the NFL. He was an NFL quarterback. Now, true, yeah, he had a real good rookie year. Yes, he did. Yes, he did. A lot of people don't want to talk about that, but he was a really good quarterback his NFL year. I mean, his rookie NFL rookie year. Now, with the position change to wide receiver. I mean, I would think that would benefit the real prime because he was the quarterback. He knows when a wide receiver needs to break. He knows when a wide receiver needs to have his hands up and when he turns around at the ball, where the ball needs to be at. I mean, he knows right, when to break right. around, you know, and throw a deep ball and, you know, where your hands should be when a deep ball is thrown. You know what I mean? Because he used to be right. the quarterback throwing to that receiver. Man. So I think you would think that you have a competitive advantage or, or, or a little bit more upside to be – to being a bit a bigger and better receiver. Now saying that, I agree. All the receivers, all the receivers who who are in the NFL, you know, have trained to be wide receivers. You know what I mean, I'm, I'm right. on the con side now. 
Uh, mm-hmm. And I'm gonna go back. I'm gonna go back to uh, when I was in high school. Right? I'm, I'm a quick story, right? We had a wide receiver there, Robert, Robert Morgan. He went to uh, Florida mm-hmm. State. He was the best wide receiver in the state at our high school. And uh, mm-hmm. and uh, we had we had this drill one time. You know, where we had to go out there. You know, we was practicing with the football team, right? You know, just doing you know conditioning. Mm-hmm. So uh, Robert Morgan was running. You know, wide receiver drills, right? You know, playing his feet in the ground. You know, slapping the ground, he would make he would he would play the speed ground. It 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 sound like a drum would hit the ground. That's how hard he played. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. they would have us try to do the same thing like he would do. Man, oh my God! I mean, it, he made it look so easy. It was so hard. You know what I mean? I mean, it was right. something you got to be able to do. You know what I mean? And I think that's right. the same thing with prior, man. I mean, I mean, wide receivers make it look so easy. They've been doing it their whole career, their whole lives. And now for you mm-hmm. to transition for it, man, it's probably a tough move how to plant your feet in the ground and turn around and be waiting for a ball to catch it at the same time, then turn upfield. I mean, if right. you've been doing that for a long time, man, it's probably a hard transition, man. I think that's what he's trying to learn to do now. And I, I agree with you because it's a, it's, a, it's a tough transition. You know, you're going from the timing aspect of putting the ball there to the other end of, of the spectrum of the timing aspect of turning to see the ball. You know, being there, and, you know, and, and just what exactly. you just said, Neil. If you've been doing stuff, you've been doing stuff all your life. It's simple. I mean, going out there, taking a basketball, dribble it one time, take two steps, and lay it up with a right hand, lay it up with a left hand, and then just give it to the average Joe. And then you'll just see a guy just throw the ball up there with two hands. You'll see the guy jump off the wrong foot. I mean, because he ain't been doing it his whole life, so it's it's, it's a little different. They gotta train their body, you know, to to do that. You know, so one aspect you got is that speed element because, as we all know, they can't teach speed. You know, so for him to be able to get downfield, if he ever be able to learn that route tree and learn how to run those routes effectively, man, I think he'll be an effective receiver. I can tell you this, though. I believe he's going to be your day one starter. That I, that I can tell you. You know, and that's suspension or no suspension to Josh Gordon. And, and, and you put Josh Gordon in there along with uh, uh, Terrell Pryor and uh, Corey Coleman in there, man. Corey Coleman. Uh, all of a sudden, and, and don't forget the tight end Bainbridge. Uh, uh, all, all of a sudden, all of a sudden, old Robert got some weapons out there. All of a sudden, you know. But you and know, not only that, those were weapons that he didn't have when he was in yeah. Washington. Yeah, yeah, man. He, you know, you know. I was in the barber shop yesterday, man, and, and Nas the barber uh, said that uh, we got too many guys on our team with something to prove. I said, what you mean, Nas? She said, they're going to mess up our draft position. We're not drafting number one. He said, you can, you can forget it. He said, the way Robert looked out there, man, he said, you give him some weapons out there that he can throw the ball to, that's some folks who can actually catch. I said, the thing is going to be healthy. Can they all stay healthy? That's going to be the key. You know, if they all can stay healthy, then you're going to get anything out of your running game. You know, that, that's, 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 going, that's going to be the key to it. it really I definitely agree with you, man. But, uh, yeah. Go ahead, Bob. Oh, I was going to say, and quite frankly, the offensive line didn't look really bad. And, and even with Joe no. Thomas didn't say, the offensive right. line performed fairly well, a lot better than I thought they would have under the circumstances. Right, right. And, and uh, no. I want to uh, also uh, uh, put this point out, man. You got to understand, Robert Griffith uh, went to Baylor, correct? Right, correct. Our, our, our first-round our first pick is a Baylor wide receiver who – who yep. comes from the Robert Griffin uh, program? Same thing right. as our best player on our team. Uh, period. Um, we come, they come from the same program. You know what I mean, so right. they, they, right. they come from the same kind of uh, brotherhood. If, if, if you, if you uh, kind of uh, see where I'm going with this, man. And uh, 
So when Robert Griffin looks up and sees Corey Coleman, man, he probably going to see that same Baylor Bear Green that he sees, you know, that he used to see back in the day. Same thing with Josh Gore, because him and Josh used to be cool when they was in school, but Josh never got a chance to get on the field with him. You know, man, he kind of yeah. feel like... But Josh was out they, there you know, smoking. <laughs> yeah, 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 that's true. True, he was, man. But you know, hey, he's But he's still a, but he's still a, you know, he's still a five star athlete, man. And and in saying that, man, uh, like like with me and uh, my main man Mike Teasy, man, Teasy, what's happening, baby? What's the deal, boy? Yeah, what's good, brothers? How y'all doing today, man? Ah, uh, man, nothing, man, nothing. All all the same. So well, I was hey. trying to put my point together, in, man. You know, hold on, I was trying to put my point together. In, is uh, Josh Gordon. <laughs> Uh, Corey Coleman and uh, Robert Griffin uh, uh, have a strong college bar teammate, just like this boy, me and this boy Teasy, man. You know what I mean? That you should right. keep contact. Should, you know what I mean? So every time we come back, you know, it's my job. I got it. You know what I mean? Right. You know what I mean? Down, down for whatever, man. You dig it? I got you. I yeah. Hey. Now, we take it, though, man. Just like uh, you got Jarrell Pryor out there, you got uh, what's the quarterback out that just came out of um, – Ohio State to transition to the receiver. Yeah, Braxton Miller. He's doing some things too, man. I, I checked him out. I was like, but it, it's an easy, like, like Neil Neil say, everybody's saying, it's an easy transition when you go from, if you're an athletic quarterback, to make that transition to receiver because you know every route, you know, you know how to do the routes and everything. All you got to do is just catch the ball. Can you run it. the routes, though, is the question. Yeah, if you're an athlete, That's the question. Yeah, I mean, uh, Terrell's an uh, athlete, and he know the routes, but I ain't seen him run no. Hey, all you got, all you got to do is get over. All you got to do is get get either get himself open by running the street, or or get everybody else open, making the safety drop back to guard him so he don't beat him beat. Right, right, right. I mean, it's a game. It's a it's a cat and mouse game. If he can right. run it, that's yeah. great, great. But if 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 but he me, got me, the speed uh, to, if he got the speed to, to outrun run the safety, then yeah, it's a, it, it helps also. So it's a it's a hey, hey. mouse game. Hey, uh, Neil and Intellect, we out here in uh, we're up here in uh, Roswell about to play Blessed Trinity. And last year we came in here with some big boys, man. They were scared to death of us. Man, you ought to see the size of these dudes they got out here for us today, boy. They came, they came back reloaded for us today. I'm looking at these dudes, and I'm looking at their line like, man, that's damn near a high school line they got out there. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Hey, nobody, nobody, nobody likes losing. All right? Hey, hey. hey, they, no, hey nobody likes being pushed around. You know what I'm saying? Hey, man. They about forty five deep out here, and I'm looking Whoa. at our roster. We're we're about eighteen deep. <laughs> strong. Oh my God, y'all about to get four. Y'all about to get Football on y'all today. <laughs> hey, hey, but oh, the gods blessed us today, though. He <laughs> got his cloudy. It ain't all sun. It's cloudy, so he blessed us today. Work. Hey, 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 you know, you know who else looked good, man? Is, uh, Eddie Lacy looked pretty good, you know, out there. You know, he was out there playing. Oh, yeah, uh, oh, oh, yeah, oh, let me stop, let me stop you on that, nigga, because uh, we ain't on that. Sorry, bro. We about to talk about our fantasy. We about to talk about our fantasy for a minute. But uh, okay. what I, I wanted to uh, uh, finish up uh, was my, my wide receiver uh, uh, thing is, like, uh, what Terrell Pryor did, and he started to start right. that ish. Uh, uh, I mean, Top, top receivers like uh, Hopkins and uh, Antonio Brown, 
Yeah, I mean, those, I mean, those guys are far fewer between them. But uh, like you said, Nick, man, I I like what Terrell Pryor looks like, man. Overall, I I think he found his way is into the NFL. I think he's gonna be there for a while. I think he's uh committed himself. I think he's uh dedicated himself to the position. That's the key word. I, I think. Yeah. No, that's the key yeah, word. I, I no, he's the nail on the head. He committed. Yeah, he's committed. Yeah, I, I definitely think he's committed to the position. I think I definitely think. Long term, two, three more years, he's he going to be a productive wide receiver. You know, I, I think I think also the type of receiver he is, with Corey Coleman running out the slot probably, and Josh Gordon on the other side of the field, that'll also help him tremendously because everybody just can't pay attention to him. So he's gonna get a lot of one-on-one battles because that that over-the-top help is gonna go Josh Gordon's way, you know, and that, and that that strong safety help is gonna be covering the middle, uh, covering Corey Coleman. So. He's going to get a lot of opportunities, man, one-on-one. Hell, yeah, that's right. That's right, big intellect. I forgot about the, I forgot about the big tight end. He had a pretty catch the other day, too. You know, that was a pretty yeah, catch. Oh, that, was, yeah. that was actually – Barton is a top – I think he's an elite tight end. I think he's one of the best Today and two tomorrow, so I'm not giving you anything at all. 
I'll tell you a stud is a stud, man, but I, I want to tell you what I do know is I think that Todd Gurley is, is going to be, you know, Dennis Green. He is who we thought he was. You know, re- regardless of that tough uh, division he's playing in, man, that dude is a hoss. You know, and, and and that St. Louis offense, man, there's nothing else but him going right now. Yeah, they're gonna stop the, they're gonna stack the box to stop him, man, but they're gonna feed them. You know, it's always say it takes what two years to heal. You know, off that ACL, well, this is year number two. You know, so we'll see what he can do. You know, as far as being a stud, uh, looking for a breakout year, man. The guy we just talked about, Terrell Pryor. You know, I know he's probably not being drafted right now, man, but. He's going to be one of those where just pretty much well, uh, everybody picked up the tight end last year. You know, they picked him up and uh, rolled him all the way through. You know, same thing with Terrell Pryor. You know, I don't think he's going to be a start every week, but certainly with the matchups that he got, and certainly when uh, Josh Gordon get back, you know, that's going to be a guy that's probably going to have a breakout, uh, a breakout season. And um, as far as a sleeper, uh, I can't really give you one right now because I really don't know none right now. Uh not really, not really on it with the sleepers, man. It's just, you know, sleeping. To me, man, a sleeper is just a sleeper is just a guy that's just, you know, just just pops out of nowhere. It's pretty much a breakout guy, you know. Because if you look at it, everybody who had a bad year last year could be a sleeper. You know, you know what I'm saying? So, but that's just my two cents, Mister. I got one. What you got? I got one, man. Derrick Henry, man. Yeah, sleep. He 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 can he can either he can either hurt you or help you. That's all I got. <laughs> the sleeper, Derrick Henry. Uh, a stud, stud is who they are. You know, um, dude, Derrick Carr. I'm gonna go with my team, Derrick Carr, man. Derrick Carr, stud. He 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 gonna give you points, man. He might put it this way. If if you were thinking on getting uh, Tom Brady later in the round or, or either getting him early, you can use him for the first four games. And then when when when, uh, when when Tom Brady comes back, you know, there you go. You play, you know, hey, so, true, you know, I, true. I, I got, hey, I got them to roll the third one. Huh? Uh, your sleeper, your stud, your sleeper, and uh, what was the third? Uh, what was the name? What did I say? Come on, somebody else. The stud. The, the, the breakout. Stud. The breakout. Oh, that was the sleeper. My bad. I was, I was, what I had, the sleeper in the, that's my stud. Hold up now. Derek Klein was stud. <laughs> Hey, one of them Robinson boys, man. One of them Robinson boys. He's down there in Jacksonville. Uh, uh, um, Allen Robinson. I think he is stud, man. I think this is going to be a good year for him with uh, Blake Royal throwing him the rock. So that's my stud. Okay, I'm going to go next because I want Pops to go last, man, because I definitely want to hear what he got to say. But uh, my breakout, I mean, I'm going to go with my breakout guy first. My breakout player this year, man, and uh, a lot of people are going to disagree with me, man, but uh, I, I thought he had a good end of the season last year uh, for the Baltimore Ravens, a wide receiver, Kareem Aiken. I think this guy is going to break out. I think he's going to be a number one guy. I think he's going to put up some big numbers with Flacco because everybody knows Flacco uh, arguably has the best deep ball. He's the best deep ball thrower in the NFL. Now with Mike Wallace and Steve Smith back over there, you know, to kind of help balance out the receiver court. And uh, not sure they got the tight end back, uh, but they drafted another good one. So I definitely think Kareem Aiken, man, is going to have a big year, 1,000-yard plus year this year. Now, 
far as my studs, well, I'm gonna go to my uh, I'm gonna go to my uh, my sleeper pick. Uh, I was gonna go with the Derrick Henry pick because I, I definitely like that as, as a sleeper. But uh, I got a lot of people who I'm a, I, who I people a lot of people sleeping on. But my biggest sleeper, man, is running back from Chicago Bears, man, Jeremy Langford. That guy is being slept on, man. Nobody talks about him as being one of the top-notch running backs. I think he's gonna be a sleeper this year, and he's gonna and he's gonna have a big year. I'm not a Matt Forte type year, but somewhere on those lines, 1100, 1200 yards, with you know, with eight to ten touchdowns. Man, I think he's that guy, man. I really do. And uh, and my stud, um, I, I gotta go with uh, best receiver in the NFL, man, Antonio Brown, man. If you want to win a lead, you want to get instant points, man, without getting a quarterback. I mean, when you got a chance to get 20 to 30 to 40 points every week, that's the guy. You want to talk about a guy who can run every route, man? Look, look, this guy make up his own route, man, shaking dudes, man, getting over, man. Bros, you ain't never seen before, man. Shaking corners up like they never been shook before. I mean, he got uh, his own. He got his own route tree, Bill. He got his own route tree, man. He, nobody, 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 he do what he want to do. Nobody can guard this dude, man. The best corners can't deck him. I mean, if, if you can put Revis on him, you can put uh, Sherman on him. Joe Hayden gets destroyed by this dude every single game. Talking about 10 plus catches every time he faces Joe Hayden. Joe Hayden is a top 10 corner in NFL. That's the beast whoever. This guy is a stud in the in the in every way, word you can possibly name it, man. I, and look, it even hurts me to even admit that, man, because the guy plays for the team who I hate the most out of every sport in all of sports, man. But it's <laughs> true, man. And then ain't no hater. I mean, then you keep it real, man, on the show right here, man. Antonio Brown is my son. Now, for the most anticipated, I got to hear what Pop's got to say on this. Pop, who's your sleeper, who's your breakout, and who is your son? Oh, my sleeper is going to be Gary Barnes, and here's why. Um, you got a better quarterback. Gary Barnes is, is to me, a, a a top ten tight end in this league. So you got now you have RG three. You have help on the outside, which will open up the middle for Gary Barnes. I think Gary Barnes is going to put some numbers up. Um, my stud is going to be uh, Devontae Freeman. I watched him uh, twice. Uh, in in the preseason, I didn't even watch that much attention to preseason games. But the, every time I saw Devontae Freeman get the ball, he runs with violence. If you know, if you understand what I'm saying, he runs hard. He, he runs as hard or harder than anybody in the league right now. And so, um, and he catches the ball out of the backfield. He's a good blocker and pass protection. He needs to be. Um, and you get the ball out in space, he breaks tackles, yards after contact. So, uh, Devontae Freeman will be my stud. My, I'm, yeah, and then my sleeper pick, I'm going to twist some twist some, uh, some hairs here. I think DeMarco Murray is going to be a sleeper. I think wow. getting, uh, getting, away, getting away from Philadelphia, getting away from that chip heavy offense, Getting behind the offensive line is just a bunch of big old boys who like to knock people down in Tennessee. Um, I think DeMarco Murray is going to have a comeback breakout year. And so um, I'm, I'm, going to be, I'm not a fantasy, fantasy guy, but I'm watching out for that guy. Him and uh, Gary Barnage, 
I, you kind of already know what you're going to get from uh, uh, Devontae Freeman. He's going to score a lot of touchdowns because that's what they do for him. But uh, those are my things. You, you know, you know. Hey, how did how good did Alfred Morris look last night? You want to talk about getting away from somebody? I mean, he got away from Washington and went down to Dallas, man, and had a great game last night. Did you see that guy yesterday? I didn't, I didn't see, I didn't I didn't see, see much that. of it. But I've seen the stats this morning. I've seen the Dak Prescott stats again because I watched that oh, yeah. the first game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh. And I was Somebody on this panel during our draft talk said that Dak Prescott was going to be a guy that everybody had to look out for. You said it. <laughs> you yes, said I it. <laughs> there you go, Neil. <laughs> That's all right, Bob. You did say that. I, I remember that too. Like that. You know what? He did say that. <laughs> hey, yeah, he did say that press conference was going to be called. Hey, hey, he is. You know I mean? Got to get to you, Pop. You know what I mean? Good, good, good call. Oh, yeah. Right here, pull the fish first. You know what I mean? Pop said it first. Yeah. I know it's uh, I know it's close to break time. Nilly Neil, yeah. I'm going to check out for a minute. Yes, a moment, I know it's close to break time. We're about to kick off in a second, so I'm going to check back in in about a half hour. Is that good? That's what's up, man. Hit us back up, man. We're about to go to break in probably about two more minutes, man. So when we come uh-huh. when you ready to come Hold back on. in, hit us back up. Yeah, no, I'm good. Just go ahead and, and uh, just put me in the, put me in the, uh, in the green room. I'll continue to listen. Talk more about um, uh, the Olympics. We didn't get to that. 
And we're definitely going to finish talking about uh, college football, man, and what we got coming up next. Stay tuned with uh, the sports officials, sportsofficials.com.
We're going to get into some uh, Olympics now, Olympic review, man. Pops, I don't know if you've been watching the Olympics real closely, but uh, a lot's been going on, man. Uh, Usain Bolt uh, dominating in his, in his field, man. He won the 100, won the 200. Then he won the 100 relay for the, you know, for the triple gold again um, for the third time, man. And, uh, I mean, a lot of people starting to get this guy his, 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 his just do now, man, his accolades, man. Um, he's starting to get the same praise and uh, attention that uh, Mike Phelps get in the pool uh, when it comes to uh, recognition as far as one of the greatest Olympic athletes ever. Um, what do you think about Usain Bolt, man, and, and what he's accomplished, man, in these Olympics? Well, uh, Usain Bolt is just just a freak, man. Um, the the literally, and it's it's hard to say who who's faster. Uh, people that we who have never run track, but as far as as athletes in organized sports are concerned, Usain Bolt is the fastest man who has ever lived. He's done. He has the world record in the hundred at what nine five nine. Nobody ever thought that was even possible. He has the fat, he has the yeah. world record in the two hundred. Nineteen nineteen. That was insane. The old record, which was nineteen seventy two, nineteen point seven two, that record stood for almost twenty years. And Michael Johnson broke it and then uh Usain Bolt crushed it. Um and so when I when I say that that those were numbers that people didn't think were humanly possible. Usain Bolt has done that. So uh, as, as far as his his uh, place in, in sports history, he's the fastest man who's ever lived. And if anybody ever breaks his record, it will be a phenomenal achievement. Those records, you, Usain Bolt's records will last for almost as long as Will Chamberlain's records will last. I think so too, man. I think he's one of the best athletes to ever live. I mean, not just track athlete, athletes, period, man. A human who could run that fast, man, and maintain that speed, man, at, at the stride this guy, man. This guy's six five, man. Like most track athletes were tall athletes, man. They, you know, they were five four, five six. I mean, it was short, short guys, you know, with with short, choppy legs, you know, get to where they have to go to, you know, at a fast rate. I mean, this guy. Uh, length, man, as far as uh, an Olympic runner, man, it's uncanny, man. It's it's something that I ain't going to say we'll never see again, but it's been another 20 years, man, before, before a guy does this four times in a row, man. It's faster than the 200 and the 100. I mean, this guy, as far as straightaway speed, is something that, I mean, I mean, I mean, what's, what's the word bigger than phenomenon, man? I mean, he's more like of a uh, like a comet type, like a Haley's comet type of deal, man. Like, makes it stroke streak through here every 20, 30 years or so, man. But, you know, you got to yeah. pay attention to it when it get here, man. You got to enjoy bracing while it's here, man. Because, I mean, you got to understand, man. And he said he talked about it all the time, man. Uh, he regrets pulling up and celebrating when he broke that record. He was celebrating. He was looking around the stands. Uh, posing with the number one finger up. You know I mean, before he even crossed the finish line, and broke the fastest time we've seen in, in probably uh, in our in our history of, in the history of the planet, basically. I mean, yeah. oh, absolutely. I mean, I've been, in the history of planet Earth since since every since time has been recorded, uh, and I I just think that's something, man, that 
will be remembered. I mean, right now, it's you know, just it's just a feed. It's a great thing. Twenty years from now, when we look back at this and look and and watch what this dude's accomplished, man. I mean, I, I think he's going to become one of those. I mean, I ain't gonna say he's gonna become a, a Ali athlete because he's not really outspoken, but he's gonna be a, a Jesse Owens type of guy, man. You know what I mean? Uh, a Edwin Moses type of guy. That how we gonna remember this dude, man? Uh, like like how we remember Michael Johnson. You know, you know he's a hero here in America, man. When you, when every time you think of, every think or see of him, man, like he, you know, he's, he's a gold medalist. So I think that's how uh, Usain Bolt will be remembered as well. Man. I, I well, love I, I wanted to think- his country and his people. Oh yeah, one of the things that that you know we remember now we remember in uh, well, it was ninety six when the Olympics were here when Michael Johnson broke the record in the uh, in the two hundred and uh, and in the four hundred yeah he, he broke the record in the four hundred as well so that was a phenomenal feat but now if you ask the average sport fan right now the first name that comes to mind is Usain Bolt they don't remember Michael Johnson anymore. Because Usain Bolt crushed his record, crushed his records two Olympics ago, you know. So, um, so Usain Bolt is is more than just one of those generational athletes. You you see once in a generation. We may never see the likes of Usain Bolt again, or to be a agreed, long, man. Long I definitely agree. It'll be a long, long time before we do. And it's the same thing with Michael Phelps. You may we, it'll be years before we see the likes of Michael Phelps again. Um, yeah, a guy yeah. went twenty-two so, medals in yeah. swimming. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Yeah, because um, yeah, a lot, lot of people say he's like perfectly dimensionally uh, shaped and built, and and uh, along with his work ethic, man, for for to be a to be a swimmer, man, he's the closest thing to a fish, I guess. Huh? Yeah, but see, when you hear about how he worked out. And it's probably the same thing with the, the greatest athletes of all time. They, they work out like uh, at phenomenal, un, uh, almost unhuman levels. Um, when you heard, when you just used to hear about uh, Michael Phelps and just what he ate every day. He consumed yeah, 10,000 calories a day. You know, yeah, that, that is, that is a crazy <laughs> amount of food. Yeah, yeah, but, but yet he maintains that, that form and that frame, you know because he's in the pool that's, four that's or five hours a day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, Burn it yeah. right back off. <laughs> exactly. So we'll, we'll never see the likes of Michael Phelps again. Well, we may never see the likes of Usain Bolt again. But here's the transition in sports. Um, uh, Simone Manuel winning the 100-meter freestyle for the first uh, black woman to win an individual medal in swimming. And then she comes back and she won the silver in the 50. And then they won the gold in the four by one hundred. Think about this. Yeah, see. In in the past few years, um, what we used to refer to as the country club sports, the sports, the sports that were always uh, uh, limited to white people: golf, tennis, swimming, speed skating, things like that. These sports are now being gymnastics. These sports are now being transitioned to uh, other people, especially African-American females, Serena Williams, Simone Biles, Gabby Douglas, and now Simone Manuel. Um, These sports are being taken over slowly but surely by African-American women and um, 
golf, Tiger Woods, tennis, Serena Williams. These these things are are transitioning, and so the it gives um, the young girls who go to the rec centers, who go to the pools, who who uh, learn learn gymnastics. Uh, your daughter is going to 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 uh, perform in, in a gymnastics meet later on. And the unique thing about and let's talk about this for just a second. The really really unique thing about Kristen as a gymnast is that she's so tall. And that's going to really, that may end up changing how we perceive gymnasts. If you think about it, there's a very real possibility that that young lady will change our perception of what a gymnast looks like. That is a phenomenal, phenomenal thing. And she's determined, and she's determined to do it, man. No matter what I say, I tell all the time, man, like, you're too tall for the sport, man. Like, you're going to outgrow it, man. But, I I mean, Pop, she is not trying to hear, man. She's determined to prove me and the rest of the world wrong that she will be one of the best gymnasts ever. (laughs) And that's what it takes. She definitely has to drive for it. And I think uh, uh, like you said, man, it comes from the the athletes uh, like the Gabby Douglases and the Simone Biles. Let me tell you something. My daughter was telling me about this Simone Biles chick two, two, three years ago. I mean, you know, you know, telling her how, you know, this girl is the best. You, know, you got to see this girl, man. You know, she's the best gymnast in the world. And and I remember my daughter. You know, you know. I, I mean, I, you know how you listen to your kids. You know, you let them talk. You know, you try to be. You know, you try to be that guy to listen to them. You know, you know when they blabber like, about like, stuff. Like you and Sean Kemp. Exactly, exactly. You know, you know, nobody wanted to hear me. You know what I mean? But you know, until he got good. But you know, but it's the same thing about the Simone Biles chick, man. You know, and my my daughter used to. Uh, always talk about it all the time, every day, man. Small this chick do that. I mean, I I kind of remember the name. Yeah, but then you know this past Olympic, you know this past Olympic trials, you know she kind of blew up. You know, you know everybody started to, to see. You know she's got all the Olympic records, all the world championships. You know uh, she's won the gold, and you know she's been the best gymnast. So I was like, oh, that's the girl. My daughter's been talking about this whole time. And then, I, and then my my baby girl's like, yeah, I told you. Like, hey, I've been trying to say I need to get on this show and be a supporter of fish. I like that. that's what's up, baby. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. So, yeah, you're right. Pop, so you know, the, the young black uh, chicks uh, who are uh, taking over uh, in these Olympic sports, uh, the like the, the girl who won the, the fencing championship. Man, I think she won a bronze. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I can't remember right now. Like, man, fencing? Like, like we doing that now too? But I didn't even know we I didn't even know we did that. Right? I don't know anybody who ever even fits before once. Like, but now, you know, you got young ladies, you know, winning medals in it, in, in the sport now, man. You know, even if you're not an American, man, and you look at all the other sports, man, I mean, I mean, it's, it's being dominated, man, by, by uh, African-Americans. Now, we don't want to turn this into anything political right now, man. But uh, And it's, it's definitely inspiring, man. I mean, just to our race and our people, man, just let us know, man, that we can do it, man. I mean, uh, and uh, we could do it better than anybody, man, if we really wanted to do it. So uh, it's definitely inspiring, man, especially to our kids, man, and our youth, man. And uh, and uh, I don't know if it's something that the world wants to uh, to actually want us to actually get about ourselves. I mean, I, like I said, I want to get political with this, man, because, you know, the Olympics is uh, it's a, it's a world-renowned sport. Everybody in the world participates in it. Every country has a representative in each sport. And, uh and and when you do this every four years, man, it, it like you said, pops, it, it kind of brings out the greatness in, in in what we do as people. Uh, 
we would have never started playing golf or tennis. You know, we see Serena and Tiger playing, uh, you know, playing golf, right? That's the only reason why I right. started playing golf, man. Like, there's somebody black playing golf. Ain't he the best? Oh, let me see if I can do it. All right? That's the only reason why I even started playing golf with, with T. Nick. You know, T. Nick been playing for years. He's pretty, he's pretty good himself. Uh, mm-hmm. Same thing with tennis, man. Uh, our young ladies never want to play tennis in, in the neighborhoods around here until they've seen Serena Venus winning. Like, dang, they cold at it. And they looking right. good with the brain. Exactly. You, you need a role basket. model. They need a role model and now yeah. they have one. Absolutely. Instead of just playing basketball, football, and baseball, you know, our, our regular heroes. Now, we, you know, we got – you saying Bolts and uh, Alex and Felixes to look up to, um, uh, even in the Winter Olympics, man, Shiny Davis, man, in the speed skating, man, whoever would have thought, man, a black speed skater would ever win a medal, man, and let alone the gold medal, let alone a handful exactly. of gold medals, man. I mean, so it goes to show, man. Hey, we could do it. You could do anything, man, if you really wanted to, man. But uh, absolutely. Uh, what about the other events, though, man? Um, the water polo team. Hey, did you see the U.S. water polo team? And the gesture that they did for their coach. Uh, no, I, uh, I missed did, that one. Uh, I, I seen it this morning, man. I, I mean, it was very heartwarming. It was touching a gesture by the team. I don't know if you're going to get to do this. I keep them. But uh, the U.S. water polo team won the gold medal. And uh, and uh, they're defending champions because they won last year. But the coach of the water women's water polo team just lost his wife uh, with a battle of cancer, pancreatic cancer. He just, she just passed away. And um, the girls' team, uh, when they won their gold medals, they took they they all got their gold medals, and uh, they went up to the coach, and they all the whole team each one by one gave him their medals, and you know and had him rocking the whole team, fourteen girls and fourteen girls. He had fourteen gold medals around his neck, man, you know, and, and he kind of broke down emotionally, you know, because I guess the wife was uh. I mean, I'm pretty sure she was in tune of the program too, and they all loved her too. So it was a definitely right. touching moment, you know. You know, so it's most not just any race side, just the human side of life. You know? And uh, it was a good thing to see, man. You know, it's kind of inspiring, man, just to see that, man, to see those those young ladies be that selfless after they, you know, trained four years, you know, just yeah. to be at after that the, stage, yeah. man, and give it up after to the, the coach. biggest moment of it's, it's it's important because after the biggest moment of their lives. They took the time to acknowledge someone else's life, and that's a beautiful thing. Mm. Most definitely, man. And uh, I think that's what the whole world should reflect, like, man, that's the whole human family. But, you know, that's another day and that's another show, man. But uh, USA basketball, man. Let me basketball peer. We still say USA basketball because, you know, we dominate basketball. But now I'm going to say world basketball, the Olympic basketball. What do you think about not only the U.S., but the other uh, Olympic teams, man, with good showings, man? The Australians uh, pushing, uh, the, uh, pushing the Americans along with the Serbians and the, uh, and the French team, along with the Spaniards. Uh, you got a lot of good uh, international teams out there, man. Uh, what do you think about the Olympic basketball uh, experience being this season? What do you think well, about it? Well, the basketball has become this, this global sport. And uh, and it has been for the last 20 years. The, when you think about the influx of, of uh, international players into the NBA, which is the greatest league in the world, um, uh, almost every team in the NBA has an international player or two. And some of those guys are, are big stars in, the, in this country. So um, that they go back to their country and represent their country um, is a uh, – 
is indicative of the of the of the power of basketball, the influence of basketball. Now, this particular U.S. team has a lot of really really great offensive players, but they are getting in trouble on defense. And um, one of the things one of the things that's really troubling me as a as a basketball fan and as a former basketball player, the United States is getting beaten a lot in transition. Their, their transition defense has been like horrendous. And so a team that's able to get out and run on them, like Spain will be able to if they don't pay attention, um, is going to give them problems. Uh, but there's a ton of talent on that team, and, and uh, some, some players are having some breakout uh, uh, performances, and particularly Kyrie Irving. Um, Kyrie Irving, just in, in moments in, this, in, in the Olympics, has put himself, in my opinion, and, I, and maybe just because I'm a Cavs fan, but now this puts Kyrie Irving in the argument for one of the top five basketball players in the league right now. He is that good. So um, he's definitely uh, definitely just playing pretty well. But they need to play better defense, and they're going to have to play better defense against Spain if they intend to win that gold medal. Well, I'm really impressed with the Serbian team. If you watch these Serbians, man, they are tough. They tall, they long, they can shoot, and they rebound hard. They got a big guy down there. They can throw it to me. I can't really pronounce all the names, man, these guys, man. But a lot of these guys are in the NBA as well, man. Uh, Pacioni, Pelekovic, uh, 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 and Teletovic over there for those guys, man. And they playing really, really good basketball, man. They push America oh, yeah. the hardest this, this year. And uh, uh, now you got to understand, they almost beat the Americans. We won by six points. We beat Spain by six yesterday. But uh, when we beat the Serbians, man, we won at the end because they took a bad shot. We got a rebound, and they had to foul us for the rest of the game. And, you know, we won by free throws because we was only up one. They were trying to bury us and take the lead with seconds to go. So now you guys understand, the Serbians get a rematch of us in the gold medal game on Sunday at 2.45. These guys are not afraid, not intimidated, and really believe they can beat us. I think the Serbians – are the second best team in the world. I really believe we're the best, of course, you know, because I don't think the Serbians don't have uh, uh, three or the four best players in the world not on that team. Like LeBron, Steph, and Westbrook are at home right now, along with Anthony right. Davis. They they're not there, and along with James Harden. You know, these these are these are the real best players on the planet. You know what I mean? Oh no so doubt. I don't think Serbia Serbia can go home and say they got. You know what I mean? <laughs> Some other guys. The best players in Serbia are playing on the Serbian team right now. So, uh, <clears throat> with that said, with that being said, they are not afraid or not being intimidated, and they think they could win the gold, and they think they could beat the Americans, man. And, and look, it's going to be the toughest game the Americans have played since they lost to Argentina back in 2004, our, our last loss, basically, when uh, when Manu Ginobili and his crew won the gold and we lost. This is going to be the biggest test for America since that game, and I'm, I'm telling I'm telling everybody right now, man, the Serbians not playing. They coming to win. They are not intimidated by us at all. They don't care about Kyrie's quickness. They don't care about uh, uh, Carmelo's jump shot. They don't care about how many times DeAndre Jordan can dunk. They don't care about that. I mean, they can do it too. And this is the thing about the Americans too. Man. 
they all rely on that one shot. I mean, you know, everybody's a superstar on their team, on their respective teams, right, and across the world. But they all stand and watch each other all the time, especially with Carmelo. When Carmelo gets the ball, you got to look at the American's uh, demeanor. Everybody gets out of basketball position. You know, we talk about it all the time, Pop, you know, because we're basketball players and coaches and referees as well. Right. Basketball position is when, you know, when you bent over with your feet spread apart and shoulder with position with your hands up ready. When, when uh, like, basically spotting up. When Carmelo catches the ball for the Americans, man, you got to watch the, the body language of the Americans when he gets – everybody stands up and relaxes. It's like they wait for him to go to work. You know what I mean? I know he's the eldest postman. He's playing the best. The same thing with KD. They do the same thing with him. When KD catches it, everybody relaxes. They get out of basketball position. You know, even on defense, man. I mean, everybody's relying on DeAndre Jordan to get all the blocks and all the rebounds, which he has because he has a, a U.S. Olympic record yesterday with 16 rebounds, which is expected. That's why they got him on the team. But uh, they can't rely on him get being blown by or or getting sugar, or getting an open jump shot, and expecting him to get the rebound, man. You, I mean, you, the defense, like you said, pops, has been our biggest Achilles heel. Offense is not a problem for America in any in any way, no shape or form. We are offensively gifted like nobody else. I mean, we, we look, the ball is going in the hole, regardless when it comes to American basketball. Period. We're going to score. We're going to score when it comes to scoring. We got to stop you, man. And those Serbians are coming with it tomorrow at 245, man. So it's, it's a very interesting dynamic when it comes to that, man. And I hope, I hope that we take heed defensively, man, and give it all we got for this one last game for the gold medal for until the next four years, man. Because if we lose this game, Pop, it's going to be – it's not just going to be a, a monumental upset. It's going to be so influential to the world. Like, we lost. I mean, the gold medal. If if you get what I'm saying with this man, and uh, oh, I think you are absolutely 100 percent correct. Yeah, we will be giving giving other programs hope. You know, they say, hey, we the the Americans be, can be beaten. They 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 like to think that they can take their best shot at the Americans, and if they beat us, it's because they're better than us. Okay, but now you beat the Americans. And it's like, maybe the Americans aren't better than us. Maybe we can aspire to uh, the level of play, and especially at the international level, that the Americans do. Now, granted, when you think about it, uh, just like you said earlier, LeBron, Steph, Westbrook, uh, Davis, those guys aren't there. So uh, these teams are going against the Americans while the Americans are really, really you know, you miss the four or five best players in the world, except for maybe KD and Kyrie Irving. The four or five best players in the world aren't there. So um, that's when you have to become a better team. And when you when you do just like what the uh, Americans have been doing, when when uh, Carmelo gets the ball, they stand around and watch him. When uh, KD gets the ball, you kind of stand around and watch it. Well, they have to do better than that. You have to be better basketball players because that's what the international teams do. They don't stand around when when Patty Mills gets the ball or when Tony Parker gets the ball or or when uh, Powell Gasol gets the ball. When that player gets the ball, everybody's still moving. And that's what the Americans need to do. And if the Americans do that, you're going to see a lot of layups, a lot of layups. But we've got to stop standing around on offense. And we need to be more. And, and I, uh, also on offense, 
uh, my, my, I mean, cut you off. Also, okay. uh, uh, a lot of the Americans are going for their signature moves. You know I mean, it's a, it's kind of like, uh, I, I think they should take it back to college mode when it comes to how they play and how they execute. Uh, you look at Kyrie, he, he, he'll do one of his signature juke moves and take a shot, you know, take a half batter shot when you don't have to. Or same thing with Clay Thompson, man. He'll make a one, two, three dribble move and try to shoot a fadeaway when he doesn't have to. Same thing with Boogie Cousins, man. He's trying to take his man off the dribble in the paint, you know, face him up, you know, do these spectacular moves that he does in the league for the Sacramento Kings, but you don't really have to. You know what I mean, this is my thing when it comes to Americans, man, in American basketball. If you rotate the ball, you know, uh, kind of like how everybody else does, it makes us play defense because uh, they don't let the ball stick. You know, then that's and that's that's the kind of like the blueprint for the American for the Americans. They don't like to play defense. They don't like to be on defense for a long time. I mean, because we're so offensively gifted. I mean, when it comes to the basketball, putting the ball in the hole, man. So you kind of have to kind of take the ball out of their hands, man. Kind of make them move their feet a little bit. Just use the hands. Same thing on offense, man. We should apply that same uh, uh, theory on offense. We should make everybody else play D. We should make everybody else move their feet. And then if we got a chance to make that signature move, man, we should do it. But we should take it back to basic basketball, man, just use our superior athleticism and superior talent playing real basketball instead of playing, you know, one-on-one flashy NBA basketball with your signature moves, you know what I mean? Because Carmelo does it all the time when he gets it in the post. I totally 100% agree with you. I taught you well. The the, the things are – it's about fundamentals. And if you have more talent, and the Americans do – you have to execute fundamentally if you want to, to uh, maximize your ability to win. You can win in this tournament simply because you have more talent than everybody. But everybody's going to be working that much harder to beat you. You have to be fundamentally sound. There's just no other way to get around it. And when the Americans are Absolutely. fundamentally sound, they win by 30 points. If they don't do the fundamentals, it becomes a game. And the last thing you want yes, to do is... is the last thing you want to do is uh, be in a position with two minutes left in the game, and you may need to score four points to get to catch Serbia to pass them. You could be down three, down four with two minutes left in the game. You're going to be in trouble. So, and, uh, I, I kind of look at it like this. Uh, I kind of look at it like this, popping up, uh, and I know you'll be able to relate to me, man. Maybe the rest of the world will relate to me. Um, I look at this as kind of like a uh, like, like the X Men. Look at the X Men, and uh, and uh, you look at Professor Xavier, right? He has all the control, right? He, he can get in your mind, he can manipulate you, he can see your thoughts and your past and everything, and all this type of stuff, right? He's the guy, right? When it comes to the to the, to the mental the mental part of it. Now, and you look at a guy like Magneto, uh, Magneto you know, has all the superpowers when it comes to, you know, magneticism, right? So he's, he's definitely a threat. I mean, he can't beat the X-Men because of, you know, what they got. You know, they're the dream team. You know what I mean? All the best uh, super-duper uh, uh, superheroes are on his squad. But now, Magneto adapted. He, you know, he's like, you know what? I got to get if, – if I want to take beat them, I have to neutralize, not stop, because he can't stop Professor Xavier's power – but he can neutralize it. I can stop his, his telepathy by putting on this helmet that blocks it so he can't get in my mind so I can work on doing what I can do best and fight my fight. 
I think the Serbians and other teams are taking that same approach. They, they can't stop our super-duper talent, KD's super-duper offensive game. But what you could do is neutralize it. I mean, you can do something to block it. You can take the ball out of his hands and use this 24 uh, shot clock and make every possession the most hardest, most defensive-minded possession for them, making them play defense, making and we getting the best shot we possibly get every possession and turn around playing D in the same thing. I think the Serbians and the rest of the world have put on the magnet on him, man, to block our telepathy of telling them, hey, we the best instead of you. you know I mean? So everybody but is, is definitely find a way to neutralize us. Okay, well, we can we can always go uh, – right now we're going to go full full nerd mode here. One of the things that makes the X-Men so great is that they train in the danger room for every contingency, every possibility, everything that could possibly happen. You've trained for it. You've seen it. You know what to do when it happens. And that's what the United States needs to do better. They need to, they need to execute um, – uh, for every contingency, there are going to be those games when hey, Clay Thompson's shot is not falling, KD's shot is not falling. What are you going to do? You, you know what I'm saying? What are you going so, to do? Agreed. Exactly. Agreed. So um, I agree. You 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 train, you play for those for for those contingencies, and to do and to do that, you have to be fundamentally sound. You, you cannot adjust to on the fly to those contingencies unless you are fundamentally sound, and that's what the uh, the United States players need to play better. They know what the fundamentals are. They played it all their lives, but because they have so much more talent than everybody else, they you, they tend to get away from the fundamentals. Well, at this level, Definitely. you have to be you have to be fundamentally sound because your opponents are fundamentally sound. They definitely fundamentally sound, and they definitely try to neutralize your your your. Basically, your your mutant powers or your your abilities. I mean, if you can keep uh, uh, KD, and if you can keep Demar Derozan, and uh, and if you can keep Jimmy Butler for off the wings flying and running and do what they do best in transition, because these guys are unstoppable in the open court. You know, I mean, passing the ball, getting fast breaks after you get stops. You know, because that's what defense is. When you get a stop on defense, you run it. I mean, you're not taking the ball out the basket. Why everybody sets right. back up on defense. You get a stop and you get the ball, you on the run, you on the break. These two guys are the best in the world at it. One of the, or one of the, one of the best in the world. Same thing with Clay Thompson, man. I, him out there on the wing, pulling up with wide open threes and transition. That's what he do. I mean, but we have not, we're, we're not getting the opportunities to do these type of things, man. Because one, we break down on defense all the time. Everybody on all our the team time. Is, is everybody on our team besides Butler. Everybody on our team is not known for their defense. Uh, even DeAndre Jordan, a lot of people say he's good on defense. I mean, he fouls a lot. I mean, and he plays hard, but that's not a good defender to me. I mean, you know, I was if, just if thinking look, the same thing. He blocks a lot of shots. He's not that great a defender. Yeah, man, yeah, he can block a lot of shots. Maybe get a lot of rebounds, man. But he fouls all the time, man. You know, and I mean, he's not the guy who's easy blown by, but. uh I mean, he's not the best defender for that position, if you if you ask me. Now, somebody like Anthony Davis, uh, somebody like uh, uh, Tim Duncan, you know, real good post defenders, man, making it tough for you to even catch it. 
uh, those guys is what we need in the post. And, I mean, we got all guys who's so offensive minded, man, like uh, Boogie Cousins and uh, you know Draymond is an all around player, man, but he can't really be a center full time. You know, what I mean? right? You know, when it comes to the paint, or even even be a power forward full time, man. So it's kind of like an incomplete squad when it comes to uh, what we have as a as a team wise, because everybody is so gifted offensively. But uh, we made it to the gold medal game again, man. It was it was a bumpy road this year. Most people thought we was gonna win every game by 40, 50 points like the, the original dream team. But I keep telling everybody, man, them days are all long and gone over. Oh, absolutely. But the Olympics, man, for for the most part, man, has been a a very uh, positive experience. Um, you haven't heard anything about the the, the Zika virus or. Uh, anybody getting sick out of those waters, but you know the, the green water out the diving pool was something big. But uh, for the most part, uh, Rio has went without any major hiccups except, <laughs> except. Uh, uh, I'm pretty yeah. sure this is uh, your, did okay. I do that? Yeah, it is. You know, I'm, you know what? I'm gonna let you go ahead and break it down. Go ahead and do it. Go ahead and do it, Pop. Let ahead. me say this you about Ryan Lott. The words better than mine. Okay, <laughs> let me say this about him. You can go out in in, in, a, in a foreign country. You, you're out in the Olympic Village. You go out and you get drinking. You go drunk. You get something stupid. Okay. It happens. And you can expect it out of a 22, 23-year-old kid. You know, 20, 22, 23. Ryan Lockyer is 32 years old. And then you're going to pull That's a grown boy man. Like, you know what I'm saying? You pull a frat boy like, something like, like this. And then sneak out of the country before you have to face the consequences of it. I thought that was like majorly foul. And but that's a, just, that, that that's one of yeah. those sucker moves on on the highest level. I mean, I say something exactly. worse. You know, of course, but that's one of the most sucker. I mean, he, not only did he leave, he left his homies. Man, he left all his friends, the coaches, everybody high and dry down there to face that music, man, for that. Bogus story that you gave these police, man. After you was the one who did the damage, and uh, they protecting their store and their uh, and their property and their business and their livelihood from you. I mean, you the one. And this was the thing that pissed me off the most, Pop. I, I I hate to go here, man. I hate to get political with it. This dude says this, right? We got robbed at gunpoint. You know, he said this bogus story, right? Got the whole world, not just people in Rio, not just the people in America. He got the whole wide world, the whole globe, the whole planet, even the penguins in Antarctica, thinking that the people down there in Brazil down there robbing, jacking, stealing, and terrible people, man, they'll kill you. I mean, I mean, just by what this dude said, you know what I mean? And now, come to find out it's a lie, uh, now, you have to look at these people, and, and, and when you get the real story, you look at these people up like, hey, man, this guy was just trying to protect his store, man. He got he got to sell some stuff to the next person who walk in here. You know what I mean? But you done wrecked up. You done tore his bathroom up, writing graffiti all over the dude's wall and all everything you did to vandalize the guy's store or whatever just to get you out. You know I mean, just to get you out. I mean, so I had a real big problem with that dude, man. I got a real big problem with him, especially him being 32 years old. Man, look. I'm I'm yeah. I'm 37 right now, man. When I was 32 years old, man, I, I mean I was a man. I mean, all that stuff was behind me, man. All that college stuff, that collegiate stupid stuff, going out, getting drunk, doing stupid stuff, should it should be behind you. Most 32 year olds have families, kids, you know, taking care of their parents, you know, doing something uh, 
productive in their life, trying to help somebody else who's younger, who's 23, 24, not to do nothing stupid like you do, man. So I got a real, real, real big problem with that guy just because of that alone, man, Pops. And I agree with you totally 100% about his character, his uh, – uh, even his even his thought process, man, for you to even think of even doing that to somebody, man, and having a whole race of people be a stereotype out of the world just because of your lie. I mean, and he owes, man, not only does he owe that that shop owner apology, the Rio police apology, he owes the whole people of Brazil, man, their culture and their people and their honor and their dignity and respect apology, man, for, for portraying them in that light, man. To the world, man, and when you're the that, one who's really the liar. Not only that, he owes his teammates an apology. He owes the United States Olympic Committee an apology. Uh, he owes U.S. Uh, swimming an apology. Uh, it, it, is, it is a really, really best. See, these are the things that people hate about Americans. You know, here we are in the middle of, of a campaign to elect our next president. And... Mm-hmm. Um, after after eight years of a very, to me, in my opinion, and it's just my opinion, a very dignified uh, uh, eight years of of how we as as Americans have gone about our business, and for him to to spoil that, to to uh, put everything about what America is supposed to stand up for in a bad light on the biggest stage in the world the the Olympics the Olympics are the biggest stage in the world the only thing that even comes close to the Olympics is the Super Bowl and the Super Bowl is for Absolutely. two weeks yeah yeah a couple of weeks one event a whole lot of stuff leading up to it and everybody watches it but the United but the Olympics has the the attention of the entire world for two weeks and of all the great things that happened in the Olympics uh, uh, Simone Biles and Simone Manuel and the young lady Carter that won the uh, the uh, shot put first time the American woman has ever won the shot put and uh, 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 Katie, Katie Ledecky the, the, the woman the, Katie, the, 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 the girl swimmer crushing world records all over the place you know all these positive things that the United States has done in, in the water polo team and that beautiful gesture that they did uh, to, to honor their coach and for you to come back and throw a, a a big black paintball at what the Olympics is supposed to be, uh, the spirit of the Olympics and the the dignity and and the the uh, the uh, representation of the United States of America. You stood on that platform and accepted those gold medals and stood there while the national anthem was playing, and then you turn around and do a bogus stunt like this. You know, they should put him in jail. He should be doing community service for the rest of his natural life. But that's just me. I I think he should be extradited back to Rio and face some people, man. I mean, I, I mean he, he'll never I, go I back again. I, I, I wouldn't have a problem with that. I mean, he'll, he'll, he'll never go back, man. But, I mean, this is my thing, man. Like, that, that, a, lot, a, lot, well, a lot of people don't know. I mean, people do know, but they don't know is uh, um, Rio and Brazil and South America, man, uh, when when the slave trade happened, most of the slaves were there first. They they took the most slaves there first. So it's a lot of of people of of color there. You know what I mean, and uh, oh, you know they don't have the best econ- They don't have the best economy. They don't have the best uh, crime rate. Man, a lot of bad stuff happens everywhere, man. But 
But uh, those people do that for survival, just like we do. I mean, I mean, they're human beings, man. And uh, with feelings, with families, you know what I mean. And uh, with their own culture and their own beliefs and everything, man, I'm I'm pretty sure they got uh uh I'm pretty sure like this, the average Brazilian is not a bad person. I I can guarantee. You, I'm pretty sure they got an upstanding uh culture and beliefs and uh want their kids to have a better life, just like everybody else in the whole wide world, man. For you for you to 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 do that to uh to make them look bad in the light of the world. And now now you gotta understand this. People in Australia, you know, or people in Serbia, you know, like the, those teams, they looking at the people in Brazil now, like, man, these people are savage killers, man. Don't care, man. They're, they're jack, they're jacking. I mean, and a police officer, out there, police are jacking. Man, what's up with that? But it's it's not true. I mean, it's a lie, man. It's a straight up lie, man. Just like everything else here. Yeah, but we ain't gonna get into that. We ain't gonna get to that political stuff. But uh, um, we on our way on the closeout show, man. Pops, uh, you got anything that you want to close the thing out with today, man? Uh, it's just a, I mean, it's a, it's a beautiful day. A race that I used to run when I, when I ran track, uh, and it, and it was always the, the closeout, uh, event of the track meet. And I remember running those four by 400. Uh, it's, I mean, it's a beautiful, it's a, it's a beautiful thing to watch when it's done well. And so if there's nothing I'm looking forward to today is, or actually, yes, today. The four hundred, the the four by four hundred, um, it's 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 been a great great sports week. You you have a, a, a football, um, the the Indians two walk offs in the last couple of games, which were really really very exciting. So now we have the Indians Absolutely. to look forward to. We have the Browns to look forward to. If you're a fan, you have. Um, if you're an Atlanta Braves fan, because we're here down in here in Atlanta, when they brought up the, the kid Dansby Swanson, uh, there is just so much going on, and the big fight tonight is going to hold everybody's attention. Everybody, even if you're not an MMA fan, you want to know how that comes out. So I am really, really looking forward to that. You know, so that's what's uh, up, man. That's what's up. Big ups to uh, big ups to you, uh, Todd, uh, Mike uh the, the sports officials are are back, and we are. We're going to keep going doing what we do. That's what's up, man. We we official, not artificial, man. You have a lot of good points, too, man. Uh, I forgot about the dance. So I have to pick up, man. That's a big thing in Atlanta, man. Everybody's talking about that. And, uh, yes, sir. Definitely, you know, the Olympics, the Olympics has been pretty good, man. Uh, the, uh, college football is about to kick off next Saturday, man. You know, you know the whole nation transforms, man, when that happens. Uh, when the pageant no comes out. And, uh and uh, we got the NFL coming around the corner, man. You know, a uh, lot of fantasy drafts are going on today, man. I got one tomorrow. I got one today and two tomorrow. So, uh, it, I mean, we're here, man. So, uh, this is a definitely exciting time going on in sports, man. And uh, I love talking about it, man. You know, we got a new time and we got a new uh, uh, sports frame. You know, it's how we're going to be doing operating now. So, uh we're going to be back operating on our own frequency and our own vibratory uh, level when it comes to how we get down at the sports officials, man. So stay tuned to a lot of new stuff, man. We still got our YouTube page going up. Oh, we got a lot of stuff we need to construct on it, man. We're going to start putting up our own videos, man, so you can watch us do our show. We got our podcast coming back, man, to iTunes, man. Be on the lookout for that, man. You can start archiving our, uh, archiving our stories. Excuse me. And uh, you can start blowing your whistle, man. Give us a call here, man. 646-787-1840. Got any questions? You can holler at us, man. 
You can also hit us up on Twitter, man. Pops, what's your Twitter handle? My Twitter handle is BigLess76. Send me some. BigLess76? That's what's up, yeah. Holler at Pops if you got any questions, man. If you want to know some big words, man, it'll hit you off with something. You know what I mean? You can holler at yes, T-Nick, sir. too, at T-Nick, T-Snick. And uh, you can also hit us up on our big page, man, at Blow Your Whistle. And if you want to holler at the host with the most, that damn boy, Nilly Neal, you can hit me up, Nilly Neal 03, man, at Twitter, man. I ask anything you want to do, we can go back and forth, man. You can listen to all my stuff and all my, my retweets and my posts. As for what we got going for the rest of the show, I'm going to say what Nick say all the time, man. Somebody loan me a hundred, man. We're going to see y'all next week. We out of here. The Sports Fish. We out. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.